Well, it was, uh, we had close to 1,000 people, and that may be, it has to be close to the largest turnout we've ever had for uh, one of these openings. And this is our 35th project. So if you go way back, almost 20 years when we started this, $800 million ago, this is our final community learning center project. So uh, it was fitting that uh, we had this enthusiastic kickoff with kids and families and all kinds of folks were there, and you know, we had we had food, we had games, we had selfie booths, we had it was sort of a carnival atmosphere. But we we gave tours. We had student ambassadors who did tours for people around the building, and folks were just awed when they came in and looked. Uh, there's a lot of natural light, which I think makes it a really wonderful space for kids. Um, there's there's just a a big open feeling in the building, which I think you know I don't know anyone that wouldn't like that. But it also has state-of-the-art facilities. It's the first school that's been built with the community learning centers um, model combined with our college and career academies that we are now uh, preparing to install, if you will, uh, at every grade level. Eventually, it'll be K through 12. And right now, we're in middle school and high school. But that means that the kids have small group learning. They have special pathways, and each school has its own corporate partners, community partners that assist us with these. And and so some schools have tire companies, some schools have banks, some schools might have both, some have universities as partners. Uh, so Stark State and Malone and the University of Akron are all participating at Garfield, which is wonderful. Um, it's, just a, it, it, it's just a community effort in every way. And if you look at the photos as I am right now, from the event, you just see everybody. You see, you see the entire community in this building. Mark, Mark, the one thing that I've noticed in the new high schools uh, is you've tried to keep something. How do I want to say in the building process, the architecture, whether it be from the older buildings or in the neighborhood or the feel of that particular community. I think of, for example, in the Firestone CLC, you know, the arts and the theater and everything mm -hmm. very much in the forefront. You go to Bookdale and they kept that wonderful gymnasium there as yeah. part of that school. When we get to Garfield, the one thing that I always thought of Garfield was their culinary arts and some of the other things and their wonderful auditorium. How about some of the aspects maybe that went into the thought process with the new school? Are some of them there? They are. You, you nailed it, as usual. Um, the, the culinary program there is top-notch. And now they have a commercial kitchen there that the kids can use. Students can go in and learn in a, in a professional environment. And uh, we have uh, one of the partners there is Acme Fresh Market. And mm -hmm. Acme helps... In fact, they, they brought the food on Saturday. But uh, So students have a lot of expertise from folks in the food industry, and they also now have the state-of-the-art equipment. That every, Everyone that walked in that room saw the cool stainless steel, and you know, everybody just gasped, like, oh, my gosh, this is a high school. Look at this. Look at what we are providing. The taxpayers of Akron, their generosity over almost 20 years, $400 million for our part of this. People have, you know, people have had a tax increase over the years, and that's why we want so many people to come in and see these buildings, is we offer these. And if you're a Garfield alum and you remember the old building, we have these mosaics there, and I can't describe them because I'm not an artist, but the beautiful 
leaf mosaics that have been installed in the walls. And uh, we have a video online, actually, on our website. You can see what I'm talking about. But these are throwbacks. These are from... These are from way back in the in the history of Garfield, the 50s, the 40s, and we've brought those along because we feel that's important to the community, not just for the young students that are going to be going in there, but these buildings serve the community after 4 o'clock in the day when the kids are done and they're out of the building. It opens the building up to the community to come in and use. So it's not just a school, and I think people need to know that when they come in. The gym is beautiful. It has two gyms. Um, and they're both very nice. The auditorium is is just wonderful for kids that like fine and performing arts. But just the everyday, the classroom space, everything about it feels it feels good. And everybody that was there, uh, it, it just the smiles were endless. Well, it was I, terrific. I, yeah, I can't wait to get it. Mark, when is the first day of school? Funny you should ask. Um, we do it a little differently here, and we have for quite a few years. We stagger the start. So right. today is the first day for pre-K. I'm sorry. It's the first day for grades 4 through 6 and 9. And then tomorrow is the first day for 7, 8, 10, and 12. Mm. Okay. And then on the 1st of September, pre-K and kindergarten through 3. Start. So by the end of the week, everybody will be in. But we stagger the starts because we like to give some of these students time in the building before it gets full of kids. Mm-hmm. And they can take ownership of the space that they're in because a lot of this, like ninth graders especially, who are going to school with 10th, 11th, and 12th graders, can tend to feel lost sometimes when, they're, when they go in. So they get to go in and have a couple of days in the building by themselves, which is a pretty cool thing. Mark Williams. Yeah, success doing it this way. Mark Williamson is with us. He's the director of communications at Akron Public Schools. Mark, you and I got together, speaking of getting back into the buildings, a couple of weeks ago, talking about jobs needed with Akron Public Schools and available. Update us. Since you and I talked a couple of weeks ago, have we filled a lot of these positions? Or are you still in a big need? Well, um, we, yes and yes. Um, we filled We filled quite a few. We still need some more. Uh, bus drivers, I think that to me is one of the most important um, needs that we have because there are fewer and fewer folks out in the world that even envision doing this job. Younger people don't don't even see it as as a viable. Um, they don't think about it. I put it that way, and and so we find that our labor pool is an older labor pool, and we have to reach out as well as we can, and we're going to try to do some more marketing of that here in the fall to try to get the word out to more people. Um, it's a long process to become a bus driver. You don't just get hired and jump in a bus start driving. So whatever we need, we know that we're not going to just suddenly have that filled within a week or two because there's training. Some people have to get their CDL. Uh, there's, a, there's an awful lot that goes into that because it's an incredible responsibility driving a school bus. We still need teachers. We still need subs. I think we're doing pretty well with subs, which is good because we need teachers. And so the subs help out. But, uh, yeah, it's just about every area. Every public school system in America just about is looking at this as a um, – I don't want to call it a teacher shortage because I, I've read an awful lot about uh, whether that's the case or if it's just certain areas that struggle to get teachers. Some school districts don't have as much of a problem as others, and that's a whole long story. But 
Um, we are actively hiring pretty much year-round now. That's the way I think it's going to look here. 